0: what's going on guys welcome back to the white Belt podcast my name is fernandez and each and every episode is my goal to help you build a stronger body and mind so that you can do more of what you love and today i'm going to be unpacking the fucking hornet's nest of a question how many sets should you do this is a question that i went down the fitness rabbit hole with, it's probably like a, a you know a several year long internet bender on when i was like earlier in my training career some of you guys might have heard my story before. I trained from basically the ages of 15 to 24, really consistently, really hard, and never managed to feel like I made any progress. I've got before and after photos that look virtually the same, maybe a little bit chubbier. And it was a real point of frustration for me because this one question, this how many sets should I be doing, plagued me from every single program that I bought. Because every single article that I read, every single YouTube channel that I'd watch, seemed to have some dude who was speaking with tons of conviction and had a doctor in front of his name or had millions of followers, and they all gave me a different answer. So today, what I want to do is unpack for you why this question is actually a question with no answer and what kind of follow-up questions we can ask instead to get some of the confusion out of the way and start to have some actionable principles and, you know, kind of guiding, yeah, guiding answers that we can use when we start a program or we start want to take responsibility for our fitness you know, maybe we want to learn some core cool skills like a muscle-up or a handstand and have confidence that what we're doing in the gym is moving us closer to those goals that we set for ourselves. That's my goal for this podcast. And so I want to dive into it. Like I said, I went down a fucking huge rabbit hole about this whole how many sets question and, you know, everybody had a different answer for me. And I even remember, you know, I bought programs that were one- a day per week, one set per exercise. And I bought programs that were five, six days a week. And you'd have these exercises where you do five sets of 50 to 100. And both of those were for the same outcome for, for muscle building or for hypertrophy. Now, one, isn't that fucking wild that there can be two extremes of that much difference and they're both stated to be moving towards the same goal? And two, how much does this highlight that there is not a single answer to this question? I even remember this dude, I was probably 23, working out in this like old school meathead bodybuilding gym. And I remember I was like doing my bench press, on you know, my 50, 60 kilos or whatever I was doing and had been doing for the last five years. And this kind of older, kind of jacked dude like came over to me and started asking me about my my program, about what I was doing, how many sets and reps. And I think I would have been doing, you know, three by 10, you know, which is the safest bet I could possibly imagine. And this dude, without me asking him for any tips, just goes, no, 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 bro. If you want, if you bro, if you want to build the thickness in your chest, bro, you need to do four sets of seven reps, bro. That's what you need to do. Four sets of seven. You see that guy up there? It was like this old bodybuilder dude called Rocco or something like that, Uh who was like he won a bodybuilding championship back in the 70s. And he's like, "That's Rocco's routine, bro. He gave it to me, bro. Four sets of seven reps. You want the thickness? Four sets of seven reps. And I remember thinking. One, I was like, "Fucking, I didn't ask this dude. But two, I was like, man, that just sounds so weirdly specific, like four sets of seven. Like what happens if I was gonna do eight? Would that be worse, or six? And I just remember I'm just even more confused and kind of distrustworthy of this dude, which it was which was a good thing. But what I really wanna highlight to you, first of all, is that there's no answer to this question and there's a good physiological reason why there's no answer. And it's because of the overload principle. Now this is basic, basic stuff that you've probably heard before. If you haven't, it's you know, it's a, it's a thing that people talk a lot about, overload. But it astonishes me as you know, for something as basic as this is, how many people and how many coaches, when they go to write a program or they go to start a program, completely let this shit go out, you know, go by the wayside. So what is the overload principle? The overload principle basically states that whatever stimulus you give your body, your body will adapt to. And that sets a new baseline. So if you want your body to continually adapt over time, you need to increase the strength of that si- that signal, whether it's building strength, building muscle, flexibility, whatever. You need to increase that signal over time in order for your body to continually adapt to it. You need to overload the stimulus. And there are many ways of doing this. There are many strategies. The most famous one in the West is probably, you know, you probably heard called progressive overload, but there are other methods of step loading and wave loading and lots of different ways of Applying the overload principle to basically make sure that you're continually doing more total work to encourage your body to continually adapt. Now, if we know that's true, okay, we know this, then there's so few things like the overload principle in fitness and in exercise physiology. There's so few fundamental laws or first principles, absolute truth that you can bank on every single day of the week and say that no matter what you do, this rule applies. And the overload principle is one of them, which is why it blows my mind and it frustrates me when... I see, you know, like some cookie cutter program that says, okay, cool, you've got this exercise and you've got four sets of seven or whatever, you know, whatever, you've got Rocco's routine. But whatever you do, whatever number you pick of the amount of sets and reps that you do is a single moment in time. And we know from the overload principle that the very definition of the way we make progress is to take that single number in time and then you add volume over it. And to add the amount of work that's intensity, you can add, you can overload it in different ways, but we need to add to that number in that given point in time, over the course of let's say five to 12 weeks in order for our body to continually adapt to that stimulus. Otherwise, we'll, we'll just hit that new baseline, we'll keep be- getting better and better at our fucking four sets of seven reps, and we won't continue building that strength and muscle. Or the amount of progress that we'll make will very rapidly taper off, and that's where you start to run into your plateaus all of those frustrating kinds of things. So again, bringing it back to the overload principle, as basic as it sounds, maybe as many times as you've heard this progressive overload thing, you can start to apply it and you can start to say, well, okay, how much am I living this? How much am I embodying this principle day to day when I go into the gym, in the programs that I buy, in the programs that I follow, in the workouts that I do for myself? Am I actually you know, applying the overload principle or am I picking some random number like three sets of eight to 12 and just taking that as gospel and never actually overloading what I'm doing deliberately, or am I leaving that overload up to chance? So understanding the overload principle, we can start to answer the question of how many sets do I do in order to get the results that I want in a much better and a much more kind of sound way. So the first thing you wanna think about is that your body does not have a built-in sets and reps counter. All your body understands is the language of force and work. Your body is like, when you do a set, your brain is sending electrical imp- impulses via your motor neurons, which innervate your muscle, the contractile fibers in your muscle, and th- that muscle contracts against bone to move your joints and under a particular amount of resistance. That's the language that your body understands. There's no way to be like, okay, I've done eight, I've done my seven reps, and you know, if I do an eight, it's no longer Rocco's routine. Your bo- there's no like Rocco's routine counter in your body. So what you're doing, what you need to find is the minimum amount of that work, minimum amount of of work done against resistance by contracting your muscles, that is gonna lead your body to be like, okay, cool, I'm going to build and get stronger. I'm gonna use my precious resources that I use for staying alive and for cognition and for digestion and for everything else. I'm gonna take some of those resources and put them towards adapting to this stimulus, whether that's by building muscle, strength, flexibility, whatever, So that next time I come back and I'm exposed to the stimulus, I will be better at handling it. That stress. I'll be better at handling that stress. That is essentially what you're doing when you're training. Not doing sets and reps, not whatever. That is the mechanism by which you adapt and get stronger or more muscular, etc. And that's true whether you do one set or 100. So a really useful concept to start to apply in your own training is this idea of minimum effective volume. The idea that there is a minimum amount of work that you can do. It, let's, just, let's take the example of a ring dip for hypertrophy, let's say, for, for building muscle. There is a minimum amount of sets and reps of ring dips that you can do in a given workout or in a given week that will cause your body to be like, okay, all right, motherfucker, I get it. You know, for the first couple of weeks, I was like, this dude's just damaging me. He's doing these ring dips. I didn't think he was really that serious, but now I see he's serious. Okay, cool. I'm gonna, you keep stressing me out. I'm gonna build muscle. I'm gonna come back stronger so that when you do these fucking ring dips again, I'm gonna be better at doing them. There is a minimum amount of work that before that, your body is not going to respond. It's like, eh, this guy's really, you know he's doing this once every two weeks. He's not he doesn't really he's not really about these wing dips, and then there will also be a amount that's called maximum recoverable volume, that is after let's just say that you do thirty sets in a fucking workout, and you know by set ten or set twelve arbitrary numbers in that given workout, your body's like, okay, I'm. I get it, there's no more, by doing sets whatever, you know, 13 to 30, I didn't actually get any more benefit out of those things. So there's these two landmarks, minimum effective volume and maximum recoverable volume. And the idea is that when you start a program, you want to be on your specific minimum effective volume end of things. And then you want to leave room over the course of that program whether it's five to 10, 10, 12 weeks to gradually add volume titrate out that dosage in order to tell your body that it needs to continually adapt more and more and more to the stimulus that you're giving it so that it builds muscle gets stronger and does all the things that you want it to do if you were to start all the way up against the end of your maximum recoverable volume you've got really nowhere to go and you're just going to end up accruing more fatigue and you either won't be able to sustain the same work rate you will not really be able to do much more volume at any quality or you'll get injured and you know die eventually Probably not going to happen, but there, you know, there theoretically would be an amount of work that you would do that would literally kill you, and this has happened to people. So, thing number one that I want you to remember, on a program by program basis, the amount of volume that it takes for that specific program that's going to get you the result is less. So start on the lower end. This is also true of your overall trajectory or your overall kind of training age, they call it. If you were newer to exercise you will need less work in order to make that a significant stimulus, to hit that minimum effective dosage. If you are a you know, pro athlete or you've been powerlifting since you were fucking three and you, know, you go to do a deadlift program, you're going to need a lot more work in order for that to be a significant stimulus than if this was day one and you know, you're a 16-year-old bright-eyed kid walking in the gym for the first time because you want to impress Sally from math class. So in the beginning of a program, start with less and add more. If you're new to an exercise, we haven't done your ring dips before, you will need less volume. So start with less and build more. And if you're less experienced in the gym, you generally need less overall. And even people who I know who've been training casually for, you know, or even pretty actively for, you know, five years can still make progress with a surprisingly small amount of volume. So it's generally less than you think, especially if you are a natural person. Which, if you're listening to this, you're definitely a fucking natural person. If you're taking steroids and listening to me, fucking look at me. What are you? What are you doing? What are you doing here? Go somewhere else. So the question then becomes: How do you find the minimum effective volume? How do I know what that number is for me? Because you know, with my age and everything like that, it's going to be different to the person next to me. Now, the guy that created these volume landmarks, Dr. Michael tell from Renaissance Periodization, has this pretty in-depth, you know, or kind of system where you can basically take three to six months and test and try and find your maintenance volume or your minimum effective volume. But I'm a personal staunch believer in the fact that ain't nobody got time for that. And that you'll basically end up doing what I do with myself, what I do with my clients, when what every coach actually does with their client if they're willing to admit it, admit it to themselves. And that is take an educated guess. Have a fucking crack. Pick a number based on your experience, based on you know what you know, what you've seen, And the second step after that, which a lot of people don't do, where they fall off and don't get the results, is what I like to call fuck around and find out. Or measure your progress afterwards to see whether or not what you're doing is working. I always, always, always come back to the fact that your program is the question and reality is the answer. So when you make your educated guess in the beginning, you're like, cool, I believe that if I wanna do these ring dips, I'm gonna start with two sets and I'm gonna do that twice a week and I'm gonna build that up to three to five sets or three, four sets or whatever, trying to get a few more reps each each time I come back. And I'm gonna do that for six weeks and I'm gonna see if I improve. Reality is your answer. If you have a much higher training age or maybe you just naturally have a greater work capacity or for any other host of reasons, maybe that's not gonna be enough, but you're gonna find out because you're gonna be like, actually, I'm not really feeling that fatigued. I don't really feel much of a pump. I'm feeling, leaving super fucking fresh as a daisy, like I've barely broken a sweat or I've barely done any work. Those are some answers that you can start to get from reality and be like, okay, maybe I need a little bit more volume. But chances are, with those two sets, if you're training hard enough and you're going with full range of motion and you're doing it with good form, that you're gonna be like, damn, okay, I'm doing two sets that were kind of heavy and I feel like I've done some work. I feel like I could have done more, but I feel like I've done some work. And if you add on top of volume on top of that, you're going to continue staying in that Goldilocks zone that's going to be stressful enough to produce an adaptation, not so stressful that you're fucking completely smashed for the next week. And you're going to start to see yourself building those numbers in your program. You're going to start to see yourself adapting. You're going to feel stronger when you go back to the movement. You're going to have more control. All of those things we want to see when we're doing an exercise and we're trying to get stronger. Last thing that can happen when you do this as well is sometimes you're not able to add more work. Let's say you've done three sets of eight, 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 and you come back the next week and you can't get any more. You're like, I'm just failing. In that case, you might need to continue that number of work, that amount of work. You might be doing too much before it, or more likely, if you can't add any more sets and you just can't sustain that level of work, you might need to look at something else in your programming, something else in, like how many days a week are you doing this? Are you doing this too many days a week. You might need to look at your recovery, your nutrition, your stress management, or something else outside of this, because chances are it's not a volumetric problem that you're facing. So to summarize, I wanna kind of recap all of this for you guys so that you have a really actionable takeaway from this podcast. Because yes, sure, we know that there's no answer to the question, how many sets should I do? Because we know that whatever answer that we give, whatever point we start from, we're generally going to need to overload from that stimulus. We're gonna need to add more total work in order to tell our body that it needs to continually adapt and get stronger to the stimulus that we're giving it. So with that being understood, step one is have a fucking crack. Start, write yourself a program, ask a coach, get yourself a coach, buy a program online, and whatever you do, whatever your starting point is, try and make sure that's on the lower end towards your minimum effective volume, the minimum effective dose of what you need in order to make progress, but not a heap more than that because one, there's no point, and two, it's gonna make things easier later in your program. And then after that, the crucial step is fuck around and find out. Measure your progress, track your number of reps, track your number of sets, track your weights, track your progressions, and write that down in some kind of spreadsheet, write that down in your notes, some people prefer you know, digital, some people prefer book, literally doesn't matter, but make sure that you're actually seeing, am I progressing in the ways that I want to, both quantitatively and qualitatively. One thing I don't recommend, just as a quick aside note, is just trying to see if you look bigger. That is generally pretty unreliable because it really depends on your food, your time of day, the lighting, how recently you went to the gym and trained that muscle group. And also it's subject to your own kind of cognitive biases and they can be really, really nebulous at the best of times. So I don't generally ab- like advise people being like, okay, I'm just going to see if I look bigger and that's going to be my test. Because you see yourself every day, it's generally a pretty uh, like noisy signal, if you know what I mean. So you've had a guess or you've created your hypothesis, if you prefer, and then you've set up some kind of measurement and feedback to understand whether or not you're making progress and you're gradually adding the total amount of work that you're doing over time in order to make sure that you're giving your body that extra extra stimulus that it needs to keep on adapting to so that it knows it needs to keep on building muscle, getting stronger and doing the things that you want it to do for a reason you're you're stepping foot in the gym in the first place. By doing this, you can start to answer for yourself, how many sets do I need to do? And I say this, you know, you, you start to, because s- training and, and the time you spend in the gym is the time you spent working on yourself is a process of self-inquiry and is a process of self-discovery. When you start to really look at this, you're gonna know more about your body by the come program two than you did at the start of program one. Now, program three might be shitter than both of those that, that came before them, but that's only gonna better inform program four and make that better than all the ones that came before that. So understand that not only is there no right answer, but that answer is gonna change and grow with you over time. And you're gonna get better and better at training for yourself, whether that's with a coach or by yourself. And in fact, if you come out of working with a good coach, you should be far, far, far further along in that fucking little you know, time capsule of gains. You should be far, far further along in your self-knowledge about how to train yourself than when you started with that person. If they're doing the proper job of empowering you, answering your questions and teaching you the fundamental ways about how to train for yourself that you should be able to take with you for the rest of your life. I hope this podcast has helped you clear up some of the confusion about why you might get different answers all the time. I haven't really given you any specific, you know, hard and fast numbers, and that's because so many different variables, specific variables depend on what kind of number of sets I'm gonna start with. As a really rough example, and I say an example because it's not a hard and fast rule, if I was gonna program somebody, you know, a person who's been training for a few years, a hypertrophy program with those ring dips, let's just say, then I would probably start with, in the beginning, two sets and do that twice a week and see how they respond. And then pretty quickly, I'd probably add some volume or some numbers on top of that. Unless they were doing, you know, three to five reps. If they're doing a more strength based program, I'd give them more sets. If they're doing a more skill based program, I'd keep them shy of fatigue and do more sets. You can see that it gets very complicated very quickly but pick a, pick a number that's less than you think you have to. Practice perfect form with the movement and then build up over time so long as that every single set is considered a working set or an effective set. You're taking yourself sufficiently close to failure that you can consider that that set is actually effective. Thanks for tuning into the show, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you got something out of it, please consider sending this to a friend, like, subscribe to the show, all that good stuff. And I'll catch you in the next one. Cut.